Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media.
So this verse summarizes what Paul spoke about in the second half of chapter two of Ephesians. And he tells, he told us that through Jesus, we, or in the, the time, at the time, the Gentiles, so the non-Jews, so the non-Jews and the Jews are united with God and they are united with each other as one people. So this verse, there's a verse in second Ephesians says, together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. So in the Old Testament, the Jews were God's, are God's chosen people. But when Christ came and died, he died for the sins of all people and the salvation of all people. So the Jews knew to expect a Messiah. They knew to expect a savior. But the unknown part of that plan was that God was sending Jesus for all of mankind. And so what this means, as, as Kai and Mike have kind of already covered, so I'm just going to touch on it briefly, is that God has given you his inheritance. He has given any believer his inheritance. And that means his promises and that means his blessings are as real for you as they are for anyone else. That's exciting. So the next section, um, sorry, no, we're still on God's mis mysterious plan, but we've looked at kind of the what what that is. We're going to look a little bit at the how. So if we can jump along, please. Uh, oops, there's a bullet point for that one. There we go. Um, so this is Paul speaking again. Um, Though I am the least deserving of all of God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Quite a lot in that, quite a lot going on there. So we're going to break that down. So the first thing is that Paul is God's chosen messenger to reveal this plan to the early church. Yet he describes himself as the least deserving of all people. But he has the honor and the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them. So part of this is Paul setting up the second half of the letter of Ephesians, which goes into much more practical and kind of instructional about how we apply this and what that means for us all today. Um, but what he's also capturing here is that if he is the least of all people, I'd probably argue that might just be us people, but um, if he is the least of all people and he is given the task of bringing the good news to the early church, what might God give you to do? What might God give me to do? If the least of all people is given the pretty mammoth job of spreading the good news of the gospel to the early church, what could we be asked to do? And what excuse have we got if we don't do it? What can we say back to that? If, if Paul is the least and he is given this, what have we got to say to God if he says, I want you to do 
X, Y, Z that I would use to reach these people. We've got it kind of laid out for us here that actually what our duty is, what we need to do is to be obedient and to do what God asks us to do. And it's, God, it's God's calling and it's God's grace on Paul that secures Paul's calling. It's not his skill and it's not his talent. Um, in Corinthians uh, 12 verse 9, it says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. We, we touch on this quite a lot. And I think we've, we've used the phrase, um, oh, I've lost it. He qualifies the called, he doesn't call the qualified or the other way around. We use that quite a lot. And it's really, really important is that we don't sit here kind of thinking, I, I am qualified enough to do this. I think I can just about do this and, you know, wait for God to drop something that perfectly catches that. Instead, God calls you and he will make sure that he equips you with what you need to do what he has called you for. Kai spoke about this two weeks ago. We've spoken about it a lot of times before. If only the best, if only the most skilled were used by God, very few people would be used and that's not how God has designed um, his plan. That's not how he, he has designed his plan to work. So while Paul is God's chosen messenger to reveal his the reveal the plan to the early church, we are God's messengers to continue to reveal this plan to people. But also, according to verse 10, to unseen rulers in heavenly places. This verse really stumped me. When I was reading it, I was like, what does that mean? Who are they? Um, so going to unpack it a little bit now. So just to read that full verse. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So we've been reading around this, we've been studying with this, and here the rulers and authorities in heavenly places is referring to angels. So angels, both faithful angels and both fallen angels, they exist in an unseen spiritual realm that exists around us. That's a whole other page for preaching series, probably. So I'm not going to like go too much into that. Um, but definitely if you want to explore that more, come and chat to Tim. He'd maybe recommend some books or some verses or something to, to help you there. Um, but for now, we need to just rest. There is a spiritual realm that exists here now um and it can see our world the angels in that realm can see our world and they can see god's plan unfolding um how many of you would volunteer if someone said could you volunteer to be an example for angels any hands no hands <laughs> No hands, I definitely wouldn't, um, but we all are. Um, so humans are weak and humans are sinful, and we know that. So this struck me as really odd. Why are we being used as an example to angels? But this is what I kind of got from the study that I did, is that we're a display of God's workmanship, and we're also a display of his redemption. 
were a pretty impressive display of his redemption. Um, and it's a greater display of God's triumph to see what has become of us because of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus coming and living, but then dying for us and our salvation, which was God's plan, the triumph there, the, yeah, the triumph that we see for God, that is so much bigger when you see what that has been made of weak and sinful humans. And so the angels are better able to glorify God when they see what God has done for us, mere human beings. And so those angels are looking on, and God's intention is to teach them through us. Does that make sense? Good. So if the angels are watching us as an example of God's wisdom and his plan outworking, we we do need to continue to grow, and we do need to continue to become more like Jesus. As Annabelle spoke, spoke about that sanctification, it's not striving and it's not a condition of anything it's not you get saved when you do this but it's almost it's the opposite it's because we've been saved we want to become more like jesus um just to quickly put in at the side there's a lot here and it is definitely designed to stretch our understanding of god's wisdom and of god's love um but these verses if if they are a bit confusing if i've not explained them too well what i want you to to just grasp is that there is wisdom and there is intricacy behind God's plan that clearly demonstrates that nothing about the world that we live in is an accident. He is in control and he has a plan and a purpose um, that involves each one of us. So how do you feel about that? Can we jump onto the, the next slide? Um, pressure? For anyone that's not seen the film, the Disney film Encanto, there's a song called Pressure. Um, and this is poor Louisa, and she feels like she's holding up the weight of all of her family and her village's troubles. Um, it's quite a lot to think about. If you think that I need to get more like Jesus, I'm also an example to God. Um, that's quite a lot. But that's okay because we're not expected to do this on our own. So we're going to move now to the second half of Ephesians 3, which is titled in my translation, Paul's Prayer for Spiritual Growth. And this is all about um, us being filled with the Holy Spirit and growing in our understanding of God. But the key thing for today is how that helps us to do what God has asked of us. So we're going to read that together again. There's just a few slides again to go through. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So again, there's a lot in there. 
there's a lot, but it's a little bit nicer. Yeah, nicer. It's we're really focused here on on God's love. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're just going to work back through Paul's prayer and what exactly is it that he is praying for, for us. So the first thing that Paul prays for is for us to be empowered with inner strength through the Holy Spirit. The only way that we are going to get the strength to do everything that God asks of us is with the Holy Spirit. And that is his plan. That is what God planned. That is what he designed for the Holy Spirit to come within us and give us that inner strength. Paul then prays that Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Um, other translations of this verse use the word dwell, so that Christ will dwell. Um, and I read, again, um, when I was pre- preparing for this, that the, the Greek word for dwell means to settle in a place to make it your permanent home. It's not kind of a, um, oh, what's the word I want? Conditional, thank you. <laughs> um, like kind of pop in, pop out. Um, it's to make your your home. So Jesus wants to exist in our hearts. And what happens from that is that our roots will grow into God and will grow in God. We will stay focused on him and we will stay strong in our faith. Well, why do we need to do that? To understand how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. We've sung about already this morning God's love, but that it is, it's really hard to comprehend quite how big it is. Um, and that is what Paul is praying here, that we have the strength and um, the, the growth to get closer to understanding. That is why our spiritual growth is so important. And he does say later in, in the prayer that we might not ever fully understand it. We won't fully understand it, perhaps, until we're in heaven. But um, if we can continue to develop our understanding of God's love, then we are better able to bring glory to him. So then the next part of the prayer, he says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So I think the bit that we like to focus on here is God is capable of doing more than we can see. Um, God is capable of, of anything, and that is great. Um, when, <laughs> when we're praying, we're like, yeah, God, I've got a lot of stuff I need to bring to you. But there's a little bit more to it. Um, oh, I like that. I'm writing down. Um, a bit more to it that I want to bring up. So first of all, an encouragement is that that is true whatever context you're in. So even when you're feeling discouraged, that doesn't mean that God is any less capable of doing something. Um, The second thing is that he's not a genie. Um, He can accomplish more than we might think or imagine. Um, But when he does that or how he does that is often not in the way or at the time that we expect. And again, that doesn't mean that he's less able. And that is really hard. It's really easy for me to say up here because it fits nicely with my message. But when you're going through something, that's really, really hard. But just to encourage you to remember that, that promise that he is able to do more than you can imagine when you're discouraged as much as when you feel like you're on the top of a mountain. Um, And the third thing is 
he uses us. So there's that bit in the verse, um, God who is able, it's God that does it, through his mighty power at work within us. We are part of that plan. We come in there. God uses us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So another challenge there is it's one thing to think God can do that. Yeah, cool, thank you. I'm going to sit down and let God do that. No, he wants to use you. And so there's an ask on you. There's an ask on you to be willing, but there's also an ask on you to everything else that is prayed in that prayer is that we need to have the understanding of God's plan and of God's love to be able to kind of fully step into what he has planned for us. Um, So the two are are tight. So there's a few kind of key takeaways that I just want to go over. um, And then I'm going to pray Paul's prayer back out over us, um, if that's all right. So a few key things to note. So first of all, God's promises and his blessings are for you. They are for everyone who is saved through Jesus Christ. Secondly, we have a purpose from God and no excuse not to live it. Number three, we have been gifted with the Holy Spirit to help us grow deeper in our knowledge and our understanding of the love of God. And we're challenged to make our hearts a place where Christ can live. And it is that which enables us to live out our purpose and to see his promises and his blessings come to fruition. Our spiritual growth isn't optional. It's not a I'm saved and now I'm now I'm done. Um, our spiritual growth is not optional. <coughs> okay, so um, I'm gonna um, without Liam and Tracy up. Um, so I'm gonna pray this out um, over us. I'm gonna ask you to stand if you can. Um, I'm just gonna pray this for us, and then we're gonna have some time um, just to pray like our individual things that we might need to pray out of what um, we've been challenged with this morning. So we're going to pray Paul's prayer. Will you come on, Tricia? Pray Paul's prayer together first. 